Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. Welcome to Fishers and Farmers, Neighbor to Neighbor, a program focused in on soil and water conservation projects all around the upper Midwest involving multiple agencies, associations, all kinds of landowners, and volunteers. I'm PM Yankee, your host. We also want to thank our friends at Saddle Butte Ag for their financial support of the Fishers and Farmers Neighbor to Neighbor program. Today we're traveling to Polk County, Iowa, one of the state's most populous metro areas with Des Moines, the capital city, at its heart. You know, it's made up of about 592 square miles of land, about half urban and about half rural. And there's three major waterways that flow through Polk County, the Des Moines, Raccoon, and Skunk Rivers, which means there's an awful lot of people paying attention to what flows into those rivers. About 20 years ago, Polk County Soil and Water Conservation District spearheaded Central Iowa watershed efforts. About nine years ago, they started saturated buffers, which turned out to be a very useful water quality management practice for farms in the area, with about one to two installed in the county every year. Let's talk with one of the members of the Polk County Iowa Soil and Water Conservation District that has helped to bring those groups together and spearhead that effort. His name, John Norwood. He is an elected board member of of the Polk County, Iowa Soil and Water Conservation District and owner of TBL Ventures. John, tell me a little bit about the collaboration that you found really successful in getting farmers to pay attention and gravitate towards these saturated buffers. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it starts uh, a couple thoughts. Um, one thing is I believe in the power of one. And by, by the power of one, what I mean is if, if you can figure out how to do something once and, um, and, and the solution is, is simple and understandable uh, and makes economic sense uh, and, and there's a, a process for repeating it, uh, that, that speaks to, uh, to the scalability of, of solutions. And so that's, that's something, number one, that I think a lot about. In my in my business, TBL Ventures, I describe myself as a strategic leader and a, a board advisor and, a, and an ESG expert, um, which are all sort of fancy titles. But but a lot of what I do uh, in my professional work and it and it, it actually I think it transitions nicely into to the role I play as a as an elected commissioner. But I'm a volunteer. Is is basically um, it starts with listening. Listening to pe- to people who are experts, I would not describe myself as an expert in the field, in any particular field. But what I am is uh, an expert listener, and so I can begin to, um, based on uh, what I hear people talking about and what's working and not working, develop uh, you know what I would call a thesis or a potential solution. Um, that then uh, at some point will move to through input from various stakeholders um, to to a potential solution, and the solution may may be something that we try through a pilot, and uh, there's going to be some some learning, and as a, and as a pro, as a part of any learning process, <laughs> you're not going to be 100% successful. You're gonna you're gonna learn some things along the way. Failure has to be part of the process. Uh, and you have to be willing to be honest with yourself and other people 
about what's worked and not worked. And so what I uh, noticed, what I wanted to do as a commissioner, um, started with listening to our staff uh, and asking some very basic questions. How did we do our conservation work? You know, what were the positives and the minuses? And what I what I learned was um, we were essentially going out if we could find a landowner, and we weren't necessarily differentiating between somebody who owned the land and somebody who was an operator working the land, and those are two very different roles um, that need to be distinguished. We sometimes throw around the terminology, you know, we're looking for a farmer. Well, you know, the farmer may be the person, or you think of the farmer as the person driving the tractor on the piece of the property, uh, but that may not be the decision maker. That may be a person who uh, is a stakeholder. We very much need to work with that person. Uh, but depending on what we're trying to do, um, sometimes the landowner uh, is, the, is the party that we, we need to be speaking with. And in Iowa, 50% of our ag land is, um, is or more than 50% is absentee owned. And so that means that we need to pay attention to both operators and landowners. So it turned out that we our marketing essentially was um, trying to find landowners and presenting them with like 30 different options of things that they could do. And there's something called the paradox of choice, which basically is a fancy term for um, when you give people too many choices, they have a hard time deciding and uh, it can lead to paralysis, so they just don't, they don't even bother to do anything. So, so that was the first aha moment was where you were really um, uh, uh, giving people too many choices. And um, a, a second part of the, 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 uh, the, the opportunity had to do with the fact that um, because we were giving people too many choices, we couldn't be very focused on the delivery of what we were trying to do. So it turned out we were doing one or two of a, of a particular solution on this list of 30, something called a saturated buffer, which is basically a piece of filter technology um, that is put on the end of a, a field that is drained uh, through tiling, and the tiling goes into a filter strip, and, and the water gets clean before it's discharged to, to a river, a stream, or a, a, a ditch. And so... We were delivering one or two of these per per year, and that didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. It didn't seem to be a very efficient way to either go and sell and market it or even deliver the project. So I happened to meet um, a person by the name of Charlie Schaefer, who has a company called AgriDrain and is a member, was the chair of the Agricultural Drainage Management Coalition. And Charlie and I got together um, at, a, at a field day, and I'm a person who asks lots of questions. And uh, so Charlie uh, uh, was answering my questions, and, and then um, we had some follow-up meetings. I, I tend to search out people who have different kinds of expertise that I don't necessarily know anything about. Uh, and as a lifelong learner, I like to, uh, to understand what it is they do. And so Charlie and I later sat down, and I said, Charlie, I don't, I don't think what we're doing makes a whole lot of sense. We're doing these things one at a time, and it's very passive and it could be all over the map. He says, Sean, I totally agree. This, this doesn't make sense. And frankly, drainage, drainage contractors don't want to do one drainage uh, or one saturated buffer at a time. It's very inefficient. <clears throat> so we, he, he and I uh, brainstormed um, and we brought in at the time Amanda Brown, who was the 
the staffer who um, who had been working on the project, and we came up with a different game plan. We said, hey, look, let's figure out if we can take a different approach, optimize the, the, the process, starting from the marketing uh, and the sales through the, uh, the delivery and the contracting um, to, um, you know, the installation. And so that required um, sitting down with uh, a number of people who represented these different organizations. I'm talking about John Swanson at the county, Polk County, our staff, um, Keegan from the uh, Drainage Management Coalition, and we said we're gonna we're gonna use our uh, mapping technology to pick um, to find and identify some of the best sites and some very targeted wetland or not wetland watershed areas that uh, we are interested in. And then we're going to come up with a different sales approach. It's going to be much more targeted. We're not going to try to sell landowners on 30 things. We're going to focus on this one thing, and we're not going to deliver it one at a time. We're going to, we're going to come up with a turnkey solution. And the proposition to the landowner is, would you like to be part of this solution? We're going to, we're going to do a whole bunch of these, and you're not going to have to go figure out um, go find the contractor yourself and do a whole bunch of paperwork. We're gonna we're gonna make this very easy. It's gonna be very turnkey, and so that's how this project is now evolving, and we're moving from doing one or two of these saturated buffers to a to a process now. It's a combination of a saturated buffer and there's a couple of bioreactors that are part of the mix, but we're we're moving from one to I think in our first I call it our, our first phase pilot. 55 of a combination of bioreactors and saturated buffers and then the, the second phase we're hoping to do 100 and so the so the idea is not not uh, not that saturated buffers are the solution to to all of our issues but this this is a, a method for us learning how to deliver solutions um, you know cross organization each organization is playing a specific uh, specific role that is, um, you know, aligned to to what they do best, and um, and so we're going to try to deliver this piece of infrastructure in an impactful way. And uh, if we're successful, then this is something that can be applied uh, around the state, and it it can be. I think uh, the methodology can be applied. To looking at uh, these drainage districts in particular, and uh, and how do we basically begin to look at them as systems? Uh, and so we don't try to go fix one piece of the drainage district at a time, or just approach you know each each landowner one at a time. We begin to look at these things in in groupings that that makes sense, um, you know, with watersheds in mind, uh, because as we as we manage, we want to manage this water, and we know water, you know, flows across property lines and political boundaries. So we really need to think about um, how we begin to uh, solve uh, and make these improvements system by system. 
a system that's working. That's John Norwood, board member of the Polk County, Iowa Soil and Water Conservation District, where they've turned to saturated buffers as a useful water quality management practice for farms in that area. In a moment, we'll be visiting with Keegan Cult from the Agricultural Drainage Management Coalition, another collaborator on the projects. Fishers and Farmers, Neighbor to Neighbor, brought to you in part by Saddle Butte Ag. Joining us now, T.J. Curtis. He is with Saddle Butte Ag, and you know the the idea of teamwork is nothing new to you, TJ. You find that as a critical component to successful projects like this. Yes, that's a great point, Pam. So when we work as a team, and that, and I talk about one of my presentations, I talk about the team approach. I'm the cover crop person. I understand that part of it. There's equipment people. We have dealers that have equipment for application. The NRCS, SWC, D offices, the watershed offices have money for funding. That's the part they want to do. And then they want to rely on us industry people and, and dealers and equipment manufacturers and chemical people to give them the technical support from all of our venues back to this producer so it gets done right the first time. So that is huge, is working as a team, because then I don't have to learn 20 different things. I know enough of this stuff to be dangerous, but I can really focus on the cover crops, the species, what we want to plant, when we want to plant it, how we want to plant it, and get it done so it's done correctly. Otherwise, it turns into a mess, we have to redo it, and then the farmer gets very upset and very frustrated and say, well, this really isn't working for me. I'm not happy with this program. And then they don't want to do it anymore. And that's really too bad because there's a lot of money through these government agencies, through watersheds, through private entities to get this conservation, get the cover crop, the reduced tillage, the water quality, the soil quality going. There's a lot of money there. Let's use it and let's work as a team as as going forward. Now, TJ, if people are starting to put their game plan together for 2021, will you entertain a phone conversation with them and try to help them work out uh, different strategies? Absolutely, Pam. Anytime people want to call me, they can call me at 507-339-1742. You can go on our website, Google BioTill or Forage 360, Saddle Butte. All three of those will bring them up. If you're in Illinois, if you're down in Missouri and you want to talk to a different rep, you can look up Wade Culver, Ron Eltoff, Brian Wheeland, or our eastern reps. You can find their phone numbers on there. Uh, you know, that's a great way to contact us. Absolutely. Give us a call and let us walk you through what you're doing and, and explain to us what you're doing. If you're in a government program, a watershed program, are you using the 340 standards? What are you using? Because we can put together a great mix for you, a great idea, a game plan going forward so you're you're very successful. You know, we got to talk about this a little bit, Pam. Our Packers didn't do quite what they thought they were. They didn't quite have the game plan, but uh, at least the team we lost to won the Super Bowl. So I know. You can always look at that side and say there's a positive, you know. So, But it's that team approach. That's right. We can. Thank you, TJ. TJ Cardis along with us from Saddle Butte Ag, our partners here with Fishers and Farmers Neighbor to Neighbor. You can find out more about those forage and cover crop seeds you'll be looking for at saddlebutte.com or just Google BioTill or 360 Forage. TJ also tells me that they're going to be launching some special online webinars to get you ready for spring planting on their websites as well. Fishers and farmers, neighbor to neighbor. This time around, we are visiting Polk County, Iowa, and focused in on saturated buffers that have turned out to be a great management practice for farms in and around Polk County, which, of course, is home to Des Moines, the capital city. One of the partners
years that's been working with the Polk County, Iowa Soil and Water Conservation District is the Agricultural Drainage Management Coalition. Joining us, Executive Director Keegan Colt. Keegan, how did this all come together, you and the coalition partnering up with people like John Norwood and the Conservation District? Yeah, so you know, that's one of our hopes with this project is we can kind of capture all the efforts that went into it and how the partners all stepped up to the plate. You know, we kind of had the perfect storm. Uh, we had a great local watershed coordinator doing some really good work on the ground, not afraid to make those one-on-one phone calls, which for some watershed coordinators uh, can be a little scary. We also had a coordinator. He used to be with the Polk SWCD. Now he's working at the Polk County Public Works, actually. But still, they said some skin in the game on this one, and he helped kind of pull all the strings because he knew all the mechanics behind what different agencies needed and, and when. So we're going to work really hard on documenting that process, you know, versus, you know, what does the NRCS need and when, when does the Farm Services Agency need information and when, how about when the State Department of Ag, what they need and when, all the way down to the, the commissioners there at the, at the local level. Um, you know, so there's just a lot of kind of moving parts that we're trying to capture and make it easy so the farmer and landowner don't have to think about it, but maybe some other SWCDs and districts around the nation can see this model, pick up on it, and, and replicate it without having to go through the growing pains. How have the landowners and farmers kind of engaged in the process? Give me a little sense on their reaction. Yeah, so, you know, I think farmers are pretty open to uh, what we have to say. You know, we work with those drainage systems that are going out there. They're put in place. You know, our focus is to keep that productivity high and actually increase it. Um, you know, the practices that we work with complement uh, that drainage system that's going to be out there right now. So it's just a matter of educating the farmers and landowners because some of the practices we work with haven't gotten a lot of focus yet, and so they might not be aware of what they are. But once we start talking about them, it really makes a lot of sense. Now, as I understand it, between 2012 and 2019, there were 24 different buffers that were built in Iowa, and it's working. Tell me a little bit, when we say constructed buffers, give us a real sense on what happens there, Keegan. Yeah, so I think you're referring to saturated buffers, and it's a pretty simple practice, and we're really excited about this one. So, you know, when you're driving down the road, you look at streams, you know, in the neighboring fields, and a lot of times you see some really nice grass filter strips next to that stream. And so that grass filter strip's doing a lot of good at, you know, removing some of that surface water that's coming in from the field, maybe some sediment that that water had picked up, and maybe we were dropping out some phosphorus. But a lot of times we actually miss the opportunity to treat nitrogen in the water because a lot of that nitrogen's actually moving below the ground and in the case of a drained landscape, that nitrogen's moving in the tile system. So what we're doing with a saturated buffer is we're basically just putting in a modified outlet instead of just outletting directly into the stream. Uh, we have a control structure, which we can divert water out laterally into that grass filter strip soil profile. So we're not actually bringing saturation all the way up to the surface. It's not like it's going to be a swampy ground now, but we're actually just allowing that water to redistribute that last 30 feet or so between the field and the stream uh, and drain through that soil profile and pull some of that nitrogen out. Give me a little sense on the results. Uh, how difficult is it to uh, put that secondary practice in? Well, that's what we're working on. You know, truthfully, the practice itself is, is a pretty simple, straightforward. You know, once a contractor's out there and has a design 
it only takes about three hours to install one of these, so they can pop them in pretty quick. Uh, making all the mechanics behind it work to work with kind of the governmental systems that are in place right now is, is you know, it's a new practice, so we're going through some growing pains, and that's what this and the Polk County Saturated Buffer Project we're looking to address is how do we get remove as many of these barriers as possible because it's a pretty simple solution, we think. Uh, it's low price to whoever's paying for it at the time, and we think we should be able to get these in the ground and a lot more. I believe you said 24 uh, was the number that we had in Iowa for these saturated buffers between 2012 and 2019. And, you know, we know there's a huge opportunity for them. Uh, we think there's over probably 100,000 sites just in the state of Iowa alone. And if we're going to get these things ramped up to any meaningful scale, obviously we've got to be doing better than installing, you know, four to five a year. So that's why with this Polk County Saturated Buffer Project, we thought, all right, we've kind of been doing it one way for the last five or six years. And we get, you know, modest results, but what can we do to take that next step to kind of go from this demonstration phase to an implementation uh, more phase? Tell me a little bit about the other tools that uh, the coalition's kind of looking at to entice landowners to come on in uh, and the possibility, we've talked about it before in agriculture, of something that we used to look at as waste, maybe actually turning into something that, that, you know, we might be able to sell or have a market for secondarily. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's starting to be some, you know, ecosystem services markets that are popping up. Um, You might hear a lot more about it for carbon storage, um, but there's also some nutrient trading that's starting to occur. So, you know, municipalities and people that are permitted have to have, you know, so much nitrogen pulled out of their systems or they're only allowed to discharge so much nitrogen so they can do trading uh, back up in the landscape now. And so saturated buffers are definitely one of these practices that we think would qualify for that. And actually, you know, the cost effectiveness, if you're kind of getting down to the nitty gritty of it, it's a very cost effective practice in terms of how much money you have to pay for the practice to remove a pound of nitrogen. Uh, it's right up there with all the other ones that are being looked at. So we think this will come into play more and more into the future. If you're just joining us, Keegan Kultz along with us, the Executive Director of the Agricultural Drainage Management Coalition. We're focused in specifically on some of their projects happening in Iowa. You know, what you mentioned earlier, Keegan, is all about, it's not the technical side, it's not the financial investment, it's really the mind frame. How have you seen farmers, landowners, community members kind of readjust their mind frame when they are better informed about these kinds of buffers and these cooperative projects? Yeah, well, one of the things, you know, farmers love data, and obviously now getting data in the hands of farmers is is very important. Uh, These practices that we work with, you know, once we start looking at that tile line, maybe we might see some nitrogen coming out of it. Then farmers definitely start engaging with, well, how can we reduce that number that's coming out the end of my pipe? And so these practices uh, that we work with, these edge of field type practices of saturated buffers, a bioreactor is another one, uh, is a pretty simple to monitor. And so it's a simple way to get feedback to the farmer too, so they can see, you know, what's that nitrate concentration coming out of the tile? What's the nitrate concentration going into your buffer and coming out of your buffer? And when they see those results, they get pretty excited and they like to know that, you know, it's worth their time investment that they put into getting that practice put in place and, and that they're doing the right thing. 
And that's a good feeling for sure. Thanks, Keegan. Keegan Colt, Executive Director of the Agricultural Drainage Management Coalition, working hand-in-glove with Polk County, Iowa landowners, as well as Polk County Soil and Water Conservation District, to put those saturated buffers in place. And this model has been so well-received that already Story County, Iowa, has reached out to the Agricultural Drainage Management Coalition to help them evaluate using the Polk County model for their conservation efforts. So there we have it, collaboration again. And that's what Fishers and Farmers is all about, supporting farmer leadership and collaborative action so farms and fish thrive together. Follow the Polk County story online, admcoalition.com, or the Polk County Soil and Water Conservation District's website, polk dash swcd.org. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. And that'll do it for this edition of Fishers and Farmers Neighbor to Neighbor, focused in on Polk County, Iowa. The story continues online, fishersandfarmers.org. We welcome your feedback. You can drop us an email, send us a message via social media, or even pick up the phone and give us a call, fishersandfarmers.org. You also have the opportunity to hear previous broadcasts, as well as different web presentations and videos. Again, all online, fishersandfarmers.org. Until next time, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke.